Okay. Good morning. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. And um, man, whoever, whoever dropped this on my podium, it says you're awesome. I say you're awesome because that, that is awesome. But um, anyway, um, y'all got to gotta let up on the Reese's. I'm, I'm, I ain't going to be able to, I can't hardly fit my clothes as it is. Come on, I love you. I know you love me. Just give me one, okay? I, gotta, that's, I feel bad even saying that, but man, y'all going to blow me up. Did y'all see my birthday cake I got for my birthday a couple weeks ago, anybody? Oh my gosh, it was made up of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It was so awesome. Oh man, anyway, now you'll make me want to eat it. Um, so today is, is one of those days where we've been walking through this series called Freedom. And we're actually in uh, week six of this series. And uh, we typically don't do series that go quite that long. But, but this is just one we started at the beginning of the year that's walking us through the steps of recovery. Because, listen, we all have hurts, right? I mean, is there anybody in here that's never been hurt in some way? Uh, I, I, I don't think so. We all have hang-ups. I mean, we've all got things that we, um, we feel strongly about or, or, or really, you know, things that, that really just bug us and bother us and, and kind of shape who we are. And, and if we were to be all honest in the room, there's a much greater percentage of us in here that have some type of addiction than we would care to admit. Because we're thinking about chemical addictions like drug, you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever. But man, there's um, you know, sex and pornography. There's gambling. There's shopping. Um, Reese's cups, no joke. But so, y'all, y'all, y'all feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cheap crackhead in here with these things. I mean, because y'all keep just feeding my habit. You got to stop that, okay? Um, but. But then there's, you know, there are people in here, listen, I'm going to get in trouble with some of y'all. Mm. Mm. Right? Come on now. Can't, you can't go without it. So I, I, there's just a lot of things that we tend to not want to put into the categories of things that are controlling us, but, but those are the things that you know, they take our money, they take our time, they take our, our thought process. And listen, a lot of them can take our health. They can take a lot more than just, just those simple things. And so, so these are things that we've got to think about in our lives. And, and so, so I just want to be honest with you that, that listen, th this affects more of us in the room than we really typically want to give it credit for. I mean, if it was just one or two, like I would just get you and pull you to the side and we'd We'd start a Bible study and we would talk about it. But this is something that's rampant within our, in our culture. And, and so we've got to address it and, and then be able to deal with it. And so this road to recovery that we've been going down is one that really is for all of us. Because if, if, if you happen not to fall into one of those categories, and, and man, I'm, I'm, I love that. I'm excited that you may not. But I can tell you, you can touch somebody, you know, as I've said before, it, within this room and within your own personal circle, you can touch somebody really quickly that does struggle with this. And so it equips us to help each other with it. And so we've just been kind of walking down through this. Now, let me just tell you, there, there, in this, this whole process, it's about fixing things, right? It's about things becoming better. And, you know, and newspapers are notorious for messing stuff up, aren't they? You know, I mean, I'm not even getting into the whole fake news thing, but I'm just saying sometimes they just mess things up. And, and so I was thinking, 
what do, what do they do? Well, they typically will post a correction. And so I just wanted to share some of the corrections with you. This is one where they're setting it straight. Due to a typing error, Saturday's story on local artist John Henninger mistakenly reported that Henninger's bandmate, Eric Lyde, was on drugs. The story should have read that Lyde was on drums. The Sentinel regrets the error. Well, I bet Eric um, is kind of regretting the error too, man. It probably messed him up and, you know, mama probably called him and he probably had a hard time with that. But, but they went, you know, they, they give him credit. They went back and fixed it. And sometimes I think corrections point out more errors than, they, than people would normally see. But then there was, you know, sometimes they really kind of, um, they really mess things up. And here's one. It says the April 5th story stated that Mary Frejo, or whatever you want to say, did not return a reporter's calls seeking comment. Frejo died last December. I guess you got a good excuse, right? But, but it's like they had to, you know, like they had to go back and, and fix that because what they wanted to do, somebody probably called and was upset. And so what they were trying to do was fix a relationship. Right? That's really what corrections are supposed to do. They're, they're trying to go back and restore a relationship to something that it was meant to be. And this week, as we kind of get into this process, that's where we're going to look. So let's just quickly, we're going we're gonna to go back and just um, help us remember the steps that we've come through so far. What I want us to do is read these out loud together. Right? So I want all of us to participate in this. So we've been looking at the word recovery, and we've been using each of the letters just to, to name a step. And so we start with R. So let's read that together. Realize I'm not God. Admit I'm powerless to control my tendencies to do the wrong thing, and my life is unmanageable. E. Earnestly believe that God exists that I matter to him, and that he has the power to help me recover. Then C, consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. O, openly examine and confess my faults to God, to myself, and to someone I trust. V, voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask him to remove my character defects. Then there's E, which is where we're going to be today. It says this, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who've hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others except when to do so would harm them or others. All right, so, so we're focusing in on the E today. There's some evaluation that's got to take place. And, and so what that means for each of us is we, we need to look at our lives. Like, like if we really want to be more of who God made us, there's always got to be a constant evaluation because we're, we're constantly following, you know, if, you know, following uh, patterns and different things that get us places that we shouldn't be. We always need to be looking. And so when it comes to this area of hurt, I think that it's one of those things that we really have to study and focus in on because in every relationship, it has the ability for harm to come. For every relationship that you have, 
there is the ability for somebody to get hurt in it. Now, now one of the, so, sometimes my relationship with people really opens a door because it's, sometimes it's easy to kind of find somebody when there's other relationships that are struggling, to find somebody to kind of project that on. And so many times what I find out is that people are really upset with me. But then when I finally get down and we begin to dig through it and we begin to process it, it's not really me that they're mad at. It's not me that they have the problem with. But it's either one, it's God's word and the, 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 the process that it's bringing to their life that they've got to do something different. Or, or two, it's, it is somebody else, but I just happened to bring up something about it and, and I became the target. And, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I can, I'm a big boy. I got big shoulders. I can, I can carry that. But, but the thing is, is that we've always got to be looking for, for times where we are harming others or being harmed, and then what do we do with it? If we just hold on to it and we just carry it around, listen, it just beats us up even more. It, it usually ends up beating up the people around us, and it becomes a very harmful kind of thing that really keeps us from truly experiencing the abundant life that God has for us. If you want to be offended, guess what? You can get offended. I promise you. I can offend you before you leave today if you would really like for me to. It's not that hard because we all have those, those things in our lives. And that won't be my goal, but, but I, I do believe that the Bible is offensive to us. Because it goes against what our nature is. And so when we begin to read it and see who God is and, and what he has for us and how he wants us to live, it's going to offend a lot of us because of just... Because we want to do it our way, and God has a whole other way that he wants us to live. So, so there's always going to be a fence there, and we can always find it. But, but this, here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4. And here's where this whole, this whole step comes from. It is Ephesians 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, instead, so right, so it tells you to get rid of something, and, and so, uh, you know, you present a problem, you know, you present a problem, but you don't give a solution, man, that, that drives me nuts. Like, if you're going to bring it to my attention, bring the rest of it with it, and, and let's see how we can, even if it's not the right solution, let's bring one. But here's what, here's what the scripture says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Here's the gospel. The gospel is that God loved you and me so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth to live a sinless, perfect life. To give us an example of what our life should, at least we should attempt to live like. But he sent him here with a much more important task. And that task was that he would come and he would give his life on a cross to pay the price for your sin and my sin. That he would be the sacrifice that would pay the wage of, the, of sin that is death. And so he died on that cross paying the price for you and for me. And, and a terrible death. That he died so that could take place. And he was taken off the cross. He was buried. And on the third day God raised him from the dead. What that means for you and me is that Jesus paid the price for our sin. 
So now we can come, we can confess it, accept that he is our sacrifice, and we can be freed from the penalty of death. Uh, Not physical death, because we're still going to die here, but eternal death. We're saved from from the point that we will spend forever in his presence. We're going to live one or two places for eternity, but knowing Jesus makes sure that we spend it with him, not separated from him forever. And so for you and me, we get to experience the greatest forgiveness ever, that he would do that so that you and I could be forgiven. And so today, we're going to talk about how you and I have an opportunity to forgive others as well. I, I can... I, I'm just guessing, but probably most of us in the room already have that person in mind, at least one. Either we need to forgive them or, or they need to forgive us. And so today as we walk through this, I want you to have that person in mind. I want you to have that situation. I want you to have that in mind because, listen, I, if you're human and breathing, <laughs> I think that describes all of us in the room. I do work with people that don't breathe, but, but I'm just saying, today I'm, I'm with, the, with the live crowd. And so you guys, if you're here, I, there's, there's hurt in your life. And there's more than likely somebody that you've hurt. So this is the step, I believe. The others are hard, okay? It's hard to... You know, to admit that you're powerless and that God is the one who has the power. It's, it's hard to kind of get to the place where you, you sit down and you say, okay, God, show me my character defects. God, show me where I fall short. That's hard. But I think this one's even the most difficult of them all is to truly, one, you know, you know you got a problem, that you've done something to somebody, but then, two, to take the step to make it right. Or to be willing to admit that somebody hurt you and to ask them, you know, uh, you know to extend that forgiveness and ask them to apologize. That's, those are hard places to be. So, so I want us to dig down into this. There, there's two parts to it. The, the first one is uh, forgiving those who've hurt, hurt you, that, that have hurt me. That, how, how do we deal with that side of it? Uh, the process is, is somewhat different for the two directions. Uh, we got to understand why we should forgive them first, because I think that's really important. So why should we forgive those who've hurt us? Number one, because God has forgiven you. He's forgiven me. He's forgiven you. If we've asked for forgiveness, hear you. what the scripture says is that if you and I ask for forgiveness, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us. That's a promise that he gives you and me. Man, I don't know, if, that's amazing to me. That he, because I have a hard time forgiving sometimes. I have a hard time just if somebody says, I'm sorry, you know, I kind of want to jab them a little bit. Don't you? I mean, you want to make them squirm and hurt a little bit, don't you? I mean, maybe I'm the only one in the room. But, but I just thinking, you know, say it again. You know, say it again one more time. Come on, say it one more time. Come on, I just want to hear it. You're what? You know? So we got to, we got to understand this, that, that God's forgiven 
us. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Can we stop right there? It says, make an allowance for each other's faults. Can we just be, can, can we agree in the room today that we all have faults? I mean, anybody in here not have them? Okay, so what that means is that if we understand that we have to forgive each other's fault, that means we all know now that whoever is around us has got a fault. They got a problem. But you do too. You may not be their problem, but I bet you're somebody else's problem. So, so let's just get that off the table. When we begin to even that field out, because that's where I, I have to kind of live in that. And, and sometimes I, I'm terrible at it. Some of y'all help me walk through difficult situations where I've had a hard time, where I've struggled with it. it. But we've got to come to this where we all realize we're just messed up and broken. And, and if we'll get to there, then that makes it a whole lot easier to then begin to look at other people as they, as they harm us. It's not really so much them, but it is a, a matter of them just dealing with who they are. But it says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Except my wife. Does it say that? Except my mom. Does it say that? Except my neighbor whose dog barks all day long. Doesn't say that either. Except the guy down at the grocery store. You know? Except that darn Walmart cashier. If you're a Walmart cashier, I love you and I'm just picking. It doesn't say, it says anyone. Is there an exception to the word anyone? It's like we could put all in there, right? It's, it's all. Whoever offends you, if anyone offends you, forgive them. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Man, I, you know, where Terry, did Terry, she, she went out, I think. I, we need shirts made with that on it. Forgive, you know, because God's forgiving you. You've got to forgive others. We just need it. We need to understand that one because it's the hardest one to do. When I, when I think about that, when I get really, when I begin to struggle with forgiveness, it always comes back to being reminded of how much God's forgiven me. That if he can forgive me of the times that I, I just mess up, the times that I totally take him out of the equation of my life, when I totally act like something that's not made in the image of him, when I confess it, he forgives me. Doesn't say he th has to think about it. It never says, he'll, oh, he'll get back to you on that. It just says he forgives us. So for you and me, it's, we're not him. But listen, the Bible says very quickly in the scriptures, very early on, if you haven't read it, go to the very beginning and begin to read, and you'll quickly find out you and I were made in his image. That means we have his qualities and we have his character and we have those things that are to be developed and come out. And, and so you can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit working in you because that comes from a relationship with him. But that's who you are. So we need to be able to do that. If you have a hard time forgiving, it's because you have a hard time feeling forgiven. 
It really comes back to that. Number two, why should we forgive people who hurt us? Because resentment doesn't work. Resentment doesn't work. In Job 5, verse 2, it says, Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. It's foolish. Resentment is foolish because it's illogical and it's unreasonable. I mean, any, anybody ever done something stupid out of resentment? I mean, come on, really? All right, well, good. I'm, y'all, y'all, the rest of y'all are good. I'm... Here's what resentment's like. It's like cutting yourself and wanting somebody else to bleed. It ain't going to happen. Resentment is unreasonable. It's illogical. It's irrational. It's a, it is a waste of your energy because you become so focused on it. And let me just I'm, I'm totally speaking from personal experience. I have worn myself out being angry over something that wasn't anything I could do to change it. Job 18.4 says, you may tear out your hair in anger. Anybody? I, I mean, mine's starting to creep on up there, but I'm going to try to keep as much as I got. But there's been times where I've wanted to just pull it out. But, you, or, but will that destroy the earth? Will it make the rocks tremble? No. You can get really angry about things, but it's not going to change anything. You can hate somebody full on. It ain't going to change anything. It's unhelpful. Because you always hurt yourself more than you hurt the other person. You're never going to get back at them. No matter what you say or do or feel, it's just not going to happen. Some of us in the room, we've been carrying some of this hurt for decades. There's that person who harmed you a long time ago. And I'm not telling you today to just forget it. But I am telling you today to acknowledge it and begin the process of letting God help you forgive them so that it it stops tearing you apart. Because all you're doing is you're still giving them room in your head. You're still giving them control in your life where God should be the one who has it. Can't change the past. Can't change the problem. It won't change the person. It only hurts you. Job 21 verse 23 says, One person dies in prosperity, completely comfortable and secure. A picture of good health, vigorous and fit. Another person dies in bitter poverty, never having tasted the good life. Research says that the most unhealthy emotion that we can have is anger. It's resentment. It's holding that grudge that you have. It is a cancer that will eat you and eat you and eat you. It will destroy you. I, some of you heard me tell the story of my mother who, who was physically and, and mentally and, and sexually abused as a child by her stepfather. And, and so she had held on to that for so long that really, I, I mean, I just kind of knew my mom was, 
you know, she was German. She came over when she was 10, so she had that German anger anyway. You know what I mean? She, man, she, could, she could fly high in a second, and her, and her biceps were about as big as mine. And she could whoop me, y'all. She would get up, she'd get upset, and, and, and she, th- there was this anger that she carried. And I mean, she was never abusive, never. But she, I lo- my mom was loving and, and caring and supporting, all of those things. But there was always this something about her that I just remember as a child that it just seemed like there was the, the joy was never there. And so I didn't know about all of this until I learned about it later in life. And then what I found out is after my step-grandfather had passed away, that my mom was finally able to, to come into a, in, in her relationship with Christ. She was able to come to a place where she finally forgave him. And it changed my mom. She was a different person because she had let go of this anger and resentment that she had been carrying all of her life. And so today, what I hope that I can, by, by you hearing what God's got to say in the scriptures, that today I can keep somebody from carrying that as long as she did. It was a message very similar to this that I remember where my mom was able to finally experience letting God have that stuff. So my prayer is that it will be the same for you today. Resentment is unhealthy. Not, not just mentally and emotionally, but physically. It will just wear you down. I've, I've heard resentment kind of it has been described as emotional suicide. Where, where you, just, you just kill the emotions in your life by holding on to that anger. So we've got to be willing to let go of it. The third reason why is because I need forgiveness in the future. We need to forgive others that have hurt us because, listen, we're probably going to hurt somebody else and we're going to need that forgiveness at some point. It doesn't, as I said earlier, doesn't take a lot sometimes to do that. It can be without meaning to. It can be, you know, even, you know, outside of our knowledge, but just us being us. We can harm somebody greatly by the words that we say, the tone that we say it with. The just, you know, can I just say it? Sometimes there's just stuff that, y- that, that y'all say and I say, we ought to just keep our mouth shut. Sometimes we just got to say the last thing or, or just, it's like we got to control with our, with our voices or whatever. It's like just, we, we've got to learn to stop that. But listen, it's, it's, it's going to happen, so Listen. You need to forgive somebody else that's hurt you because you're going to hurt somebody else at some point. It's going to happen. Mark 12 or 11, 25 says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Not only is our forgiveness that, that we need to extend to others, you know, does it affect us, but, I mean, you know, here on, in our earthly relationships, but it affects our heavenly relationship as well. If you're holding on to that, Listen, I'm just going to tell you, and I can back it up with other scripture, that, that if, you're, if you're holding a grudge against somebody else, God's not hearing you like you think he's hearing you. It gets in the way. It's an obstacle to your relationship with God when you allow your relationships on earth to be affected as well. The Bible, we, we pray this prayer. God, forgive us as we forgive those you know, who trespass against us or Forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors or whichever. You know, 
we, we read the different translations and different um, ways, but the, the, Jesus prayed the prayer and the, his, he taught us how to pray was not only forgive, you know, don't just forgive me, but help me to forgive other people, God. We need to really take that seriously and begin to pray it. So, so, so why we need to pray it is very important. But how do we forgive others? It's just as important. How do we forgive those that hurt us? Number one, we need to reveal our hurt. We need to reveal our hurt. I mean, just be honest about it. If somebody hurts you, you, you we tend to want to hold it in sometimes. And, and we want to not express that to, to, to them or anybody else. And it begins to affect us. You know, it begins to, to change us and it begins to harm us internally. Sometimes it's just out of we're trying to deny it that we're hurt. Sometimes it's that we just, we don't want to face, you know, the issue. And we don't want to have to, we're afraid it'll make it worse. Like how much worse could it get? We need to reveal it. Whether that's through a counseling session or whether that's, you know, to, to a pastor, whether that's to, to an accountability partner or whoever it may be in your life, that if there's a hurt that you're holding on to and you're struggling with, you need to reveal it and let it be known. Let it be out so that it can be dealt with. Admit it and reveal it. Sometimes, sometimes people hurt us and they don't, they don't really know they do. I, I really believe that. Sometimes, you know, the old saying of hurt people hurt people. Sometimes people are so wounded and hurt themselves that they don't even know that they're just, you know, like a bull in a china shop tearing up everybody else's life too. You need to make sure that, you un- that they understand it so they can deal with it. Number two, we need to release our offender. We need to release them. They need to be forgiven. Listen, sometimes the greatest gospel presentation we can give somebody is to extend forgiveness to them. Because we become the example of what Christ has done for them, and they can see it in action in front of them. Sometimes it's not about us, you know, presenting a track to walk them through it. Sometimes it's just letting them experience forgiveness right where they are. Many times. Many times I've heard stories of people who've come to Christ out of the forgiveness of other people. And we need to be able to to do that. Matthew 18, verse 21 says this, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Verse 22, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. See, some of y'all are doing the math, and you're thinking, okay, I got a couple more, and I'm good. Right? The example is not a specific number. The example is, no, you just keep doing it, because that's what I do for you. Think about that. Think about how many times God forgives you of falling short of of the life that he wants for you. Man, it's like a, you know, I'm sorry, daily for me. You know, where somewhere, somehow, some way I let him down. Maybe it's just, wow, I think, or just, you know, don't don't get up and 
open my Bible and, you know, some of you get up and read Facebook way before you read your, your Bible. I mean, whatever it is. But we need to be able to come to a place where we release that person from, from what they're, that you're carrying and what they've done to you. We need to release them from the prison that we've put them in inside of, of us. Because we're the ones that are having to, to bear the weight of it. And we need to let them, let them go. I, I was counseling with a couple earlier a while back. And, and as we were talking... Um, I said, you know, I, I looked at him. I said, okay, so what I need for you to do is to say that you're, and he was like looking at me. I, so I need for you to say you're sorry. See, I, I'm like, I need you to say you're sorry. I finally got him and, and, and say what you're sorry for. And then I need, you know, look at her. And then I need for you to look at him and say, I forgive you. I mean, and, and this, I'm not picking. I mean, I felt like, you know, daddy. And I, like my two girls, like, hey, I need you to say you're sorry. I need you to forgive. You know, I was, but I had to bring it down to this very elementary type level. But guess what? We all need that. We just need to all be able to say, you know what, I'm really sorry. That's the hardest two words for some of us to say ever. But then the other two hardest words is, you know, it's, it's a contraction. But you're forgiven. Okay? Three words if you really want to break it down. But you're forgiven. We, we get those two things. If we could say those words more often in our lives... Let me just tell you that things would change greatly within us and within even our, our homes and our society. To say, I'm sorry, I messed up. And for then to be replied with, you know what, you're forgiven. N not just with lip service, but truly say, man, I messed up and I I'm sorry. I didn't really, I, I didn't intend to hurt you. What I said was wrong. What I did was wrong. What I, you know, whatever. And then for you, you know, whoever, to then be able to just say, you know what, i, I you know, I, I do stuff like that sometimes too. I'm sorry. Just think about you and the relationships around you. If you could just use those two phrases more. Those things release the offender. We need to let them go so that God can work in their life as well. Some of us may be in the room or saying kind of like my mom. See, my mom had to release the offender after he was already, he wasn't even alive anymore. What do you do with that? How do you process that if you can't even go? Then there's a great thing. It's called the empty chair technique. My mom wrote a letter that expressed all of that and was able to, to do it. But maybe it's just you and two chairs in a room. And you put the chair down and you just imagine them sitting there. And you just say what you've got to say and you get it out. But the empty chair technique allows you to just express all the hurt and anger that you're holding on to and get it out. It's a great way to free yourself up and to free that person up. The third thing and how to, to forgive others is to replace my hurt with God's peace. Replace your hurt with the peace that God gives you. 
How do you get God's peace? How do you get to experience it? It's only through him being present in your life. You can only truly experience his peace through a relationship with him. It's, it's acknowledging that he's forgiven you of your sin. He's paid the price on the cross. And now accepting him and allowing him to, to dwell in you allows you to experience his peace. But you've got to let all that stuff go. Because it clouds that. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. I love how he kind of tags that on. And always be thankful. Sometimes we've got to be thankful for the pain. Because it does make us better. It helps us, you know, some of the pains that we experience helps us then help others with their pain. But within the body of Christ, listen, I've been in churches where somebody sitting on this side won't speak to somebody on this side. If we can't forgive each other in here, how in the world are we going to forgive anybody else out of here? So the church isn't a place for us to be doing that. I mean, we're going to get frustrated. We're brothers and sisters. Don't brothers and sisters fight? You know? Sometimes I'm just a I'm just a punk, right? I mean, no, don't weigh me in that. But sometimes I am, and I know it. Sometimes y'all got some latitudes too. But anyway, but those things have to work together. We got to be able to love each other through that. When somebody says, "Oh, I'm mad at the pastor and I'm leaving," that's ridiculous. Get over yourself. If I left when I got mad at one of y'all, man, I'd have been gone a long time ago. I mean, I'm just being honest because it's frustrating sometimes when somebody don't show up to serve or somebody, you know, says they're going to do something, don't do it. Listen, it happens all the time. But I can't hold on to that. How did, why do y'all get to hold on to it if I don't? That's the best way I can rationalize it. But let's get over that in the church. We don't need a, a second URA community church, right? We don't need those, those things just shouldn't happen. But anyway, that's a whole other Be thankful. So how do we make amends to those I've hurt? We're going to get through this real quick, but I don't want to go too quick because this is serious. I'm, I'm, you know I'm going to put a little as funny as I can be in it, but the thing of it is this stuff's wrecking your homes. It's wrecking your lives. It's wrecking the people around you. And if you don't start forgiving people and, and asking for forgiveness, if you and I don't start doing that more, listen, it, it's a miserable life to live. Some of you are holding on against your ex. Man, y'all been divorced for how long? Get over that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not picking, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not diminishing what may have happened. I'm just saying quit letting it run you and rule you. Let God and his peace rule you and run you. What, how do we make amends to those we've hurt? First, we've got to go back to the why. It's very simple. Why do we need to do it? Hebrews 12, 15. Look at each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Look after each other so that, no one, that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. One of the worst things is, is when somebody gets hurt, 
and, and gets their feelings hurt or gets upset about something, and then they go tell everybody but the person that hurt them. Stop doing that. I told somebody in a counseling session the other day, back, I said, listen, I'm going to be different in this than I've ever been before. Because we've talked about it, and we've worked through it, but today I, I'm not, I'm not going to be nice to you. I'm going to tell you very bluntly and plainly what we got to do. Some of y'all have been in those meetings with me, right, for different reasons, whatever. And I, I try not to, but listen, I'm getting ready to be blunt and very honest with you. And some of you, hang in there. I, if I offend you, please come to me. But we got to quit this mess of running to everybody else but the person that offends us. If your husband hurts your feelings or if your wife is not being the wife that she needs to be, don't go tell the other person that you, you, know, that you work with or the person at the grocery store or whatever. Man, I've been in the grocery line and heard stuff about people that I should have never heard. And they didn't even know each other. Just go to them. If, if you need to go to a counselor, if you need to come sit in my office and, and y'all hash it out while I referee, I'll do that. I got a striped shirt. I'll even bring a whistle if it helps. But whatever it takes for you to be able to work through what's holding you back from being who God wants you to be. We got to get over this stuff. That poisonous root of bitterness. Going to somebody else. There's, listen, there's people... I'm just being, people have left the church upset with me, and when I call them, when I find out and I call them and say, hey, hey, let's talk about it, they won't talk to me. I don't understand that. Well, let's just talk. At least let me, maybe I said something and, and it got conveyed back to you wrong, or what, maybe you just didn't understand. But, but listen, some of us have left our relationships, and we've never really gone back and dealt with that. And you'll just take it to the next relationship. You'll take the same bricks you built that bad foundation with and start building the next one with the bad bricks. You've you got to deal with it. You've got to make amends for when you harm people. Because if you don't go and try to keep that root of bitterness from growing, it will tear things up. How? How do we do that? First, you make a list of those that you've harmed and what you did. Here's what a lot of people are going to do. You're going to go and write a name down because you harmed that person. I'm telling you to write down what you did to that person. That's tough, isn't it? It's tough to admit that you, that you hurt somebody. Make a list. Write it down. Be honest about it. Number two, think how I'd like others to make amends to me. Well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You want to be treated a certain way? Go treat somebody else a certain way. Isn't that kind of like a rule that maybe we should know? Luke 6.31 says, do to others as you would like them to do to you. Man, go make amends to them like you want to be made amends to. Pretty simple. 
Try to fix it. Now, for some of us, like, like if you want to make amends to me, I mean, just come to me. Maybe not right away. I'm not really good at doing it right away, I can tell you that. Because I don't want my emotions to play a part in that. And so I, I try to give it time. Time for the Holy Spirit to work in me and the Holy Spirit to work in whoever and, and, and not to put it off, but just, man, let's just let, make, let's make sure God's in the middle of this when we come together. If not, it's going to be another clash. So you, you make sure that you're ready. Think about how you want to be made. So there's a couple things to consider in there. The right time, right? You want to do it when the timing's right. That's what kind of talking about. Ecclesiastes 8, 6, for there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble, right? So we need to be able to do that. Don't go drop some bomb on somebody. You know, they, you know, they may not even really realize yet that they've hurt you. And so maybe you just need to, you need to pray and make sure that God's in the middle um, of all of that. You may have even done something that they don't know about yet. Really, they ain't hurt quite as bad as they think they're going to get hurt because you drop it on them, it's going to be bad. The right attitude. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will, we will speak the truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is ahead of his body, the truth. Man, I've had people come to say, you know, Pastor, I love you, and, and I want to speak the truth and love. Sometimes I want to throat punch them before they get past that because I know what's coming. But sometimes it's our truth and not the truth. Right? There's always that, those three sides to everything. You know, when I'm working with couples, it's his truth and her truth, and then there is the truth. And, and, and we're, we're all like that. But speaking his truth, let Come with the right attitude. Come with knowing that it's, it's the way that God wants it to be. And then the third one is this. Consider, is it appropriate? Is it appropriate? Does it really need to happen? Sometimes you may have to just hold on. It says this, Proverbs twelve eighteen. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. How you present it. Is it appropriate to, to that person and to the situation? Think about how you're making amends. What are, the, what are the things that you're carrying into it? It says this in Romans 12, 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. That's hard sometimes. It's hard. But that's what, that doesn't dismiss us from the responsibility of it. The third thing that really comes down to when, when we're trying to make amends is this, to focus or refocus my life. So you make that list of people that you've harmed and, and, and what you've done to them. You think about how you want to be made amends to, and that's how you can go approach them. But then after that, you've got to refocus your life, or you have to, yeah, you're just going to continue to make the same mistakes. So refocus your life on doing what God wants you to do in your relationships, Job 11, verse 13 says, If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, 
Get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Let, then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery, and it will be like water flowing away. Isn't that a really peaceful kind of thought? That you could actually let all of that go? Just watch it. Go. There's three steps in refocusing your life. Prepare your heart. Release and forgive. Listen, we don't forget. I don't even tell anybody that. We don't forget anything. And some of you in the room with the longer hair, most of you, y'all don't forget nothing. Right? I'm just saying. Bless y'all's heart. Y'all don't forget nothing. In detail. So release it and forgive it. it let me just tell you, this is, this is key. If you forgive it, if you tell somebody you forgive them, don't ever, ever ever bring it back up. Don't do it. Because you've, see, the, God sets the example that he casts it as far as the east is from the west when he forgives us. And if you and I say we forgive somebody, we got we to gotta be willing to forget it. Now, I don't, I don't mean forget the lesson. I don't, you know, that doesn't take away, if, if you forgive somebody, that doesn't get them off the hook of the consequences either sometimes. Right? Some of you are thinking like, oh, yeah, I'll forgive them, but I'll just keep jabbing them with the consequences. No, that's not what I mean. Forgive them and don't bring it back up again. If God's got consequences for them, he will deal with them much in a much different way than you or I ever could. Prepare your heart. Release and forgive. Reach out to God in prayer. Listen, if you've been hurt and you're all steamed up and tore up about something, if you haven't prayed about it and you've told somebody else about it, You've got your order wrong. Pray. Refocus. Begin to get yourself right before you ever try to make amends with anybody. And then third, face the world again. If you've been hurt and you've forgiven somebody, or if you've hurt somebody and you've forgiven, you know, you've asked for forgiveness and you've made amends, then listen, don't, don't ball up in a fetal position in a corner somewhere. Because, I mean, life's just going to keep throwing stuff at you and me. Jesus said that we will have trouble. If Jesus, the creator of all, and, and if, if he says we're going to have trouble here, you, guess what? You better get ready. You're going to have trouble. But he says, but the good news is you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome all of it. And today, some of us in this room need to overcome what we've been holding on to and what's been keeping us from being all that he wants us to be. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. It's a little different than what I ask sometimes. But in a moment, the band is going to come and they're going to play. And, and you can sing and, and you can whatever along. But today, if, if you need to be forgiven of something, I'm going to ask you to 
and, and you know what it is, and you know who it is, and you, you know that I don't know it, and I don't need to know it. But today I'm going to ask you to come and begin to pray for God to prepare the opportunity for you to seek forgiveness. Maybe today you, you, somebody has wronged you and, and you need to be able to forgive them, but you just seemingly can't do it. Then I'm going to ask you to come forward and you, you pray and refocus yourself so that God can then do what he needs to do in your life. We're going to do it quickly. I know we're running a little long today and, and, and all that. But this is serious stuff, y'all. Some of you are, are living hell on earth because you've been holding on to the, to the harm that's come from, from these wounds you've been carrying around. It's time to deal with it. Now. Well, let's just deal with it. And walk out of here different. I'm here. I'll do whatever I can do to help you. I'll come. I'll pray with you. I'll do whatever you, you need but I, I, can't, I can't take those steps. Today, I, I, I believe somebody's going to be freed up of something. Maybe it's you. Father, today I ask that you would just speak clearly to each of our hearts. God, just the stories that I know in the room, there are wounds and there are, there are deep, gaping wounds in the hearts and lives of people in this room. God, sometimes it's just so frustrating to just watch them sit there and bleed. God, today your message comes to us and it gives us the opportunity to be healed, to have those things bandaged up and for them to truly heal the way that only you can heal things. And so, God, today I pray that whatever it may be, that they would be able to give it to you, to begin to pray and just ask you to prepare them for the steps they need to take next. No judgment, no, no wondering of, oh, I wonder what's going on with them. God, we don't want any of that today. We just want people to be able to be free to do things the way that you want them done. God, I thank you for the opportunity that you give me to, to be able to present your word and to, to do it. And God, I thank you that you don't just, you don't just give me words to say, but God, that you, 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 you always process me through that. And this week has been it's been a very it's been a very exhausting week emotionally and just dealing with processing the things in my own life. And God, I know that the peace that comes from being able to do that, and God, I just want to share that with this room today. So God, whoever it is and whatever it is, God, just move. God, I ask for freedom to happen in this place today. Whether they are freed from their, their own pain or they free somebody else from the bondage of their of their anger god i pray today you'll just move and we pray that in jesus name amen